are live from Nubian Human in the Anacostia Art Center in historic Anacostia, Southeast Washington, D.C. And this is the Neighborish Livecast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Super Dave, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible. And with me, as always, is one of the dopest individuals in the DMV and on the East Coast in the world. Damn. <laughs> I, I give you a lot, Jay. Damn, you do. I appreciate it. <laughs> He's the uh, SE3 representative. Hey. DC's native son. Hey. Jay son, what's up, brother? Hello, Dave. It's always good to have you <laughs> in the building with me. And we have a great show for you today because sitting directly to my right is a is a good gentleman, a good a good brother. I'm trying to uh come up with a good uh superlative to use. So anyway, let's just let's just run down a list of a few things. Oh shit. Uh he's a, he's got a list, Carl. Yeah, he got a list. He's a life coach, a workforce developer a political strategist, former Ward 5 rep in D.C., and I also happen to know that he's a graduate of Eastern Senior High School. E-ball, for sure. He's a husband, a father, and a pretty dope actor. Ladies and gentlemen, Carl Thomas is with us today. We're so glad to have him in the building. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? It's good, it's good. It's great to have you here, man. Now, elephant in the room, you do share a name with a, uh, <laughs> with a, a, a 90s Summer rain. singer. Yeah. <laughs> I know you probably heard all the, all the jokes and stuff. Every day of my life. Yeah. yeah, every day of my life. Even in the pandemic. Man, people yeah. like, are you emotional? Yeah, <laughs> even over the phone, <laughs> man. Even over the phone. Even over the phone. Yeah, <laughs> over Zoom, everything. So, yeah, man, I'm excited to talk to you about, because you've been doing a lot uh, for the city and for this area. Um, for a long time, man. I'm excited to get into it, talk about your journey a little bit and the, the great things that you've been doing and you are doing. Um, so we're going to get into all of that. But first, there's a few things going on in the city, in the country, in the world that we need to talk about. Oh, yeah. What's going on, Dave? We're going to talk about it right now. Okay. So um, September is, oh, before I start, if my uh, cadence, if my speech sounds a little off. So what I'm doing, when I edit the show, I listen to it over and over again. And I noticed that I say, you know, a lot or either um, and so I'm trying to make a conscious effort to cut that out of my uh, my speech. And so, you know, if I sound a little weird, that's probably what it is. I'm just letting you know. So if you hear me say it, just jab me in the jaw. No, I'm just playing. Don't do that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. So uh, September is National Suicide Prevention Month. Uh, with all the things that have been happening this year, from the pandemic to you know social justice issues with the the uh, 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 protests and riots and, and police brutality and stuff to the political tense um, election season to just all the things that are going on. Uh, there's definitely been an increase in the amount of stress that people have been dealing with on a regular basis. Along with the well-documented effects that prolonged stress can have to physical health, there's also significant uh, mental health issues that can be exacerbated or even uh, initially brought on by stress. So uh, the CDC released a, um, a study that says during uh, June 24th to the 30th of 2020, uh, U.S. adults reported considerable elevated adverse mental health conditions. Younger adults, racially uh, ethnic minorities, essential workers, and underpaid caregivers reported experiencing disproportionately worse mental health outcomes, including substance abuse and elevated suicidal ideation. 
Now, uh, there has been a positive progress made over the past few years in dispelling the myths around mental health in our community. You know, um, working on more conversation about these issues that would offer otherwise, would, uh, I'm sorry, that would otherwise remain buried have increased and have increased, excuse me, more solution-based conversations about mental health. So that's why, you know, uh, every week I try to, I always ask, like uh, when we talk about different topics, I ask my guests and I ask, you know, my panel, like uh, how they deal with stuff. Like how do you kind of compartmentalize stuff to keep your sanity and keep, keep yourself together? We had a couple of uh, good answers. Like last week, uh, Yvonne, shout out to Yvonne. She talked about unplugging from, from the matrix basically, from social media, from the from TV, from everything, just taking some time, taking a mental health break. And, and that seems to be, you know, the consensus that people use a lot to, to try to get away from all of the craziness and try to just keep their sanity. Uh, are there any specific ways that y'all, uh, you know, I see I did, I keep saying, you know, look, every time I say it now, y'all listen to it, right? <laughs> like he said like 30 times already. Anyway, but, uh, are there any specific things that you do to unplug? I'm start with you, Carl. Is there anything okay. that you, you know, do to keep your <clears throat> to keep your sanity? <laughs> I'm glad you asked this. Uh, this is probably like for me the biggest portion of of who I am now. Um, okay. I have found that meditation is the most amazing thing that I could have introduced into my life. Wow. Um, wow. That the answers to the uh, the difficulty, right, the anxiety, um, but even, even the negative thoughts, whatever, down thoughts of yourself, all of those things actually stem from a, a sense of self that's rooted outside, externally, hmm. right? Like you're comparing yourself to nobody, right, right? to an idea constantly, 100% idea constantly. No mistakes are involved in that, right? Like, that's not a true comparison. The only comparison that you can make is to the you that you've been before, right? And, like, your, your goal is to continue to move forward in that comparison. You know, the you yesterday was slightly different from the you today, hopefully. And if that's the case, then you're adequately managing from day to day every stress, every difficulty, every obstacle that comes your way via the map that you have inside internally. Um, so like it's been <laughs> challenging and amazing. That's dope. That's a great answer to that question. Like, yeah, you can't prepare cause No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, you asked a great question for me. Well, like like you must have researched time. really well. You see, this, you see this nigga got a notepad over there. I see that. Yeah, I, I see Dave ain't playing no games out here in these streets. No, it's obvious that, that <laughs> he he was at Easton taking notes. Right. Annotating. <laughs> I didn't annotate at Easton, but like. yeah, I got seeds and these notes. I did all right, but uh, but yeah, that is a great answer. And Jay, I know I've asked you a few times, but um, what do you do? Like, cause I know just somebody who's as empathetic as you are to, to like a lot of the things going on in society to like that, that you both are. But um, I know that, you know, you feel a lot of things very deeply and so it can affect you. So what do you do to kind of deal with that? Uh, well, you know, I do a whole bunch of shit, but I think Carl is absolutely right about meditation. 
that's uh, definitely an integral part of, you know, uh, techniques. Because, uh, you know, I think also my, uh, as Yvonne would say, my live it <laughs> right, <laughs> instead right, of my right. diet. Yeah, she uh, said uh, diet has the word die in it. Right. So <laughs> it. I was like, that's kind of dope. So, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, and then movement, like move, moving my body. So it's like, not even like, quote unquote, like working out, but just like making sure my body's always in some type of motion. Uh, and that, yeah, those are things that kind of help me, my mental. Well, can you know, I, I typically, if I feel stress, like I, I immediately try to uh, get to the root of it. And so that's why that's why it's like a, a myriad of things for me. Like sometimes it's yoga, sometimes it's meditation, sometimes it's prayer, sometimes it's weed, sometimes it's a touch from a woman. You know, so it, it you know what I'm saying it's, it's it's there are many things that I think can can heal the body and address anxiety and stress and you know the dysfunction that we've normalized in society, I think. You know, you know, we attempt to do things that, that trigger things within ourselves, like Carl was saying, like, you know, finding yourself and, you know, as, and breaking down what has been uh, in, indoctrinated into your thinking of w what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to look and how you're supposed to feel. It's like, yeah, you got to figure that shit out yourself. Precisely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a combination of things, I think, that you have to design. And then you have to look at what's missing. Right. So the reason that the meditation was is the most important thing for me currently is is because it was it was missing. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right, right. It's what I wasn't doing. Um, and so I'm maxing out on everything else. Right. And I'm trying to figure out why I'm still struggling with uh, everything that I take on from others. Right. Like, well, I'm not processing any of that. I'm just wearing it constantly because my shoulders mm. broad right like right, right. and mm. I think we have a tendency to think because all through our childhood they talked about how strong we were right I know yeah. all, for, for the three of us right like like we were strong as an ox so like like you got broad shoulders you can carry anything and that stretches beyond the physical you know kind of realm mm -hmm. to right. your it seeps into your mind like this is what I can do, I can take on any task. Doesn't matter how difficult, how heavy, I don't have to release it, I don't have to let it out. I don't have to figure out a way to compartmentalize it so that I can carry more, right. uh, so that I can increase capacity, right? So um, the meditation, visualization, um, and just really dealing in the frequencies, uh, understanding the frequencies has helped me to control myself. Which yeah. is the most important thing, really? Yeah, let me let me ask y'all this because I'm not really, you know, um, I have different like means of uh, of dealing with stuff. I, first of all, I have, you know, I, I call it like uh, there's a lot of different names. Do for, you have notes about your shit? It like, seems like you. Do. Well, no, I just right, had a like, little bit of. He this, organized this his thoughts, nigga. but he didn't email us. <laughs> I sent him a text. I asked him, "What do I need to look at?" And he said nothing. He said, "You're no, good." No, because I'm gonna ask you the questions. I but, just want you to answer the He's literally but got six pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm cheating over here. It's only four. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so I, I, you know, it's been called different things. I think 
most religious people consider it a serenity, you know, the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord, give me the serenity to uh, accept the things I can't change, mm-hmm. the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, that, hey, that was fucking good, Dave, because yeah. it's hard for me to remember that joint, and you didn't even look at your notes. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't write it well. That was a good job, yeah. Dave. That lets you know you really be practicing. I, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just ain't want to get up here and George Bush the joint. No, right. Yeah, <laughs> fool me once. So, no. Shame can't fool the shame <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they asked for three things in that in that little prayer. It's like serenity, courage, and wisdom. But the reason it's called serenity is because that's the most important part of it. It's mm. like understanding that there are some things you're not going to be able to change, and being and accepting it, and being okay with it, especially when, like you said, we've been taught and it's been indoctrinated into us. We can handle anything. We can do anything. But there's certain things that's going to be you know, what they mm-hmm. are, and we don't have to, once you realize that it's something that's not moving, you don't have to keep concerning yourself with with it, basically. Let it go. You know, that's that's a big part of mine. Uh, but you guys, you know, you talked about the meditation, and so I wanted to, because meditation, uh, from what I understand, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, it looks, it's different for every individual, what you specifically do. So is it like a specific routine? Is it something different every time, or... Do you like sit down? Is it, is it like uh, what, what's love got to do with it? Numb your whole ring and kill? Is it, is it that deep or, <laughs> you know? You got it, Carl? Oh, yeah, I yeah, can get ahead. it. Yeah. Uh, so for me, um, it's a combination of things. It depends on what I need in the moment. Uh, sometimes it's heavily regimented because that's what I need. You know, I, I'm, I'm seeking guidance from self. Um, I'm seeking support around something or not, um, answers, right? Like those are things that I would specifically be looking, that would be more nam yam reggae yo, yeah, right? right? Like, um, not that I say that, right. uh, but that, you know, whatever chant, whatever, whatever you use to center yourself, that I do that, right? And then uh, it's headed towards something specific. Right, I'm I'm looking at this answer, that answer, this need, that need. Okay. Uh, but then sometimes it's just routine, right? Like I know that every day, no matter what, I'm going to find 20 minutes to meditate. Period. Like it's the most important thing that I can do for me. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So when you do it, it's just like a a moment of silence or. Uh, well again it it depends sometimes I use a frequency um, to kind of boost my experience or the depth of of my meditation Mm. Um, uh, when you look at my story later you'll see on my way here uh, I meditated while driving uh, to 842 that's a brain power frequency uh, just kind of helps me center my thoughts so that I don't say uh and um and you know what I'm saying yeah yeah (laughs) Um, I know that you have it once. Jay did a few times, but you have it once. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's it's truly a habit of mine that I found this one particular frequency keeps me keyed in on where I want to go mm. and eliminates all of the extras because those are distractions in exactly. your brain. Exactly. Like that's like a little speed bump. Like you don't need exactly. those. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like you, wow! I just got some uh, yeah. knowledge, and here comes our. Uh, 
feminine energy. I just did it. Uh, but anyway, here comes our feminine energy. Is the door open? Today? You just gonna leave it. It look like it look open. Open the door. Push. There you go. Uh, She's <laughs> about to make me get up. Hey. hey. Good morning. She's coming in hot, ladies. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. I know you know a lot of people in the area. Have you all ever met Carl? Well, and then it's tough when you got a mask on too. You have you've been walking around like the mall or something and see somebody and you looking at them like, do I, pull, your, pull your mask? Do I know you? Well, people always on? recognize me with the mask on. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I never recognize anyone with right, the mask right. on. Right, right. I'm looking at people in you know in the store. Yeah, I'm the rudest person in the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know you, bro. I'm gonna keep walking. Hey, what's up? All right, all right, all right, you got to be up, like, huh. right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, Patrice Fruitfit yeah. Jones Fruit in the building. She come, come in hot. I got lost. Oh. You got lost? <laughs> From okay. Suitland to Southeast? No, I wasn't at home and all the construction with the new bridge. I took a wrong turn and it just took me. I was just like. Oh, different. Well, well it's all right. You're here now. Is yeah. she on? Welcome. Is she on? You got to turn the mic on too? Okay. <laughs> so we were, I'm glad you're here because the next thing I was going to talk about is based on you. But uh, but right now we were talking about mental health. How uh, September is uh, mental is Suicide Awareness Month, and we're talking about mental health and how we you know relax and I got to begin how we relax and detox. I've been trying to stop myself from saying you know so much because okay. when I edit the show I listen to it mm-hmm. and every time it's like a hammer hitting me in the head. Now when I hear it I'm like oh man. <laughs> so we were talking about ways that we relax and you, you know i always ask you guys how you relax how you detox and things like mm-hmm. that so uh jay was talking about his and carl mentioned uh, meditation mm-hmm. and talked about some of the benefits of it what are some of the ways that you kind of relax and detox and decompress from all of life's ills um go by the water like i'm a water the water like is soothing so it's always the water. It's getting away from everything that binds us to worldly things and completely disconnecting. Because it's like that saying says in the the memes that we see. It says you can't heal in whatever place that hurts you. And not even mm. not even really hurt, even if you look deeper, and just the things that um, disconnect you from your own frequency and your own way of thinking and your your own way of just being. If you're still around those things, you can't um, properly, you know, be still and meditate. So you gotta disconnect yourself and like go to what, you know, what's what soothes you. Um, so. So when you say go to the water, is it specific bodies of water? Can you just fill the bathtub up, stand beside it, whatever? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is a bath. It's a healing bath. Like I don't know if you guys take healing baths, but you can put you know, leaves in the bath with herbs, whatever you want to put in. I know guys don't really take Carl, that. you look like you do that type of shit, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've never took a healing bath. I do. See, I knew it. I yeah. see. How you know that? But then he has, yeah. I can just look at the influence, too. Hit, 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 right. Once you hit it, oh, you ain't heard Carl talk yet. So once the nigga <laughs> talk, you're like, oh, yeah, that nigga do be taking healing, spiritual baths and shit. But yeah, I always yeah. like it because we like to be solution-based. Here on the neighbors live cast. Oh, but I had I had some additions there. Oh yeah, go ahead. What you got? Because you. I was gonna say something. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say something. Um, oh, can you fix this? See, you see how it's 
I know that Jay did not read. But in his defense, Jay is not in his right mind at this particular moment. He is partaking. So, oh yeah. So yeah, he didn't so, move at all. She was like, "Can you help me with this?" Somebody help. Go ahead. What you got for tree? So uh, I was. I can't do it. So I was gonna say um, that in addition to like going to you know the waters, you know you can light candles, you can burn frankincense, you can burn incense, um, whatever speaks to you in the moment. Um, so. I was by the water before I came here. It's what I do every morning. It's my, you know, it's my healing place. Okay. But I think it's important for people to know what helps them decompress. Because if you have no idea what helps you decompress, then you're always gonna be tense and you're always gonna allow everything around you to, you're gonna be held to everything around you. You're gonna be held to your timelines. You're gonna be held to your job. You're gonna be held to, those people that pull you um, in different directions, you're never gonna understand what soothes you and what, what takes you out of that space if you don't know what it is. Yeah, I definitely agree. You definitely need to take time, if you haven't already, uh, take time to get an understanding of what puts you in that calm place, what takes it all away for you. So, uh, so that you can utilize that, it's very important Especially in these times, like I said, there's so much going on. And I've said in previous shows that everything just feels so heavy right now with everything that's been happening over the past few months. There's so much loss and so much, you know, tragedy is drama and they try to keep everybody at odds with each other. And so you have to take that time and find a way to take that time to to, to rebalance yourself and right. to stay focused. It, it will help you tremendously if, if you know, you take the time to do that. I'm so glad that I'm sitting here with three people who obviously do that from time to time, keep themselves balanced Every and focused. Every day. I think it's re it should be something that you require of yourself every day in some day. capacity. Yeah, yeah. Like Carl, you said like 20 minutes a day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything less than 20 minutes and you're sure changing yourself because you'll watch a 30 minute TV show. Right, right, right. And that's, it's so funny how people will make the time you, to do things that they want to do, but something like this when you should want to do, it's like, I don't have the time. That's the main thing people say, I don't have the time to, to, to focus on that. I got so much I got to do, but they'll stop me. Did you see Game of Thrones over there? So, so you know, that that's what I did. I, I cut out TV. Okay. Um, okay. That's becoming more and more popular. It's, uh, it was my marriage to the NFL. Okay. That I think, um, when we fell out, everything else went with it. That's that's interesting. I thought you I thought you were married to uh, Miriam. I didn't know. You, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but the NFL was my first love. You I know what I'm saying? So like to yeah. to divorce her uh, was was tough. Um, but yeah, them people don't care about us. So. Yeah, we we talked about that a lot on this show. I think Jay went through a similar process of, of detoxing from that uh, that whole conglomerate, the NFL. Uh, just seeing how they operate and the things that they do, it makes it tough to to support. And I say support, but even to watch the games and and take in the stuff. I did see the games this past weekend myself. It was, uh, you want to know what happened or no? You got, I'm nah, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Uh, like I said, I'm glad that you made it, Patrice. Cause, yeah. You know, last yeah. week you spoke on it, and a lot of times you have uh, spoke on social media and being careful what you do with social media and how you let it affect you. Well, I don't know if you've heard that Netflix has a documentary out specifically directed to what you're talking about. Uh, they is a doc- documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma mm-hmm. that prompts social media users to rethink Facebook, IG, and other platforms. The 90-minute documentary features interviews with quote-unquote whistleblowers who have worked at companies like Google and Facebook. People like a guy named Tim Kendall, who when asked about the divisive and manipulative influence of social media, replied that he's worried about it causing a civil war. They shine a light on things like election influencing, and uh, targeted marketing, which you know, they ask you if they can use your camera. Who said this? Who said that? Oh, uh, this guy who used to work for, I think it was Google. His name was Tim Kendall. And He's like a whistleblower? The, or something? Yeah, it's in the documentary. So, mm-hmm. check it out. I haven't seen What's the name of the documentary it, it, again? It's called The Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just found out about it uh, yesterday when I was researching stories. I was like, oh, I got to check that mm-hmm. out, definitely. Because, like, like you said, and I've always known and been suspicious to a certain extent of what's working behind the machine and they say this documentary really shines a light on takes pulls back that curtain so you can really see a lot of them talk about what's really going on at these places and how it's basically social engineering at its best that is strong it is and most influential just because they use like addictive things they work on the psyche i understand the psyche of you know human nature and they work on engineering things to keep you focused on it Right. So, so it's it's a deep. I so want to be. I, I so want to turn that to Jay because he should say something. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comment. I don't, but know, I don't even know what y'all talking about. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you he's not. <laughs> I so, it's not. It's not. It's it's it. So people think that this thing about us being chipped is mm-hmm. a thing, and yeah. it may be. You know, it it is maybe. You know. I know people going crazy right now. Yes, it is. Did you see? But if you think about it, we are already chipped. All of our algorithms are already recorded. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do, everything that we scroll, everything that we look at. Like, there's a, even as, if you're scrolling your timeline and you pay more attention to one picture than you do another, you, you don't have You'll to click it. People, be, people on social yeah. media are like, I don't like anything, I don't comment. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're on there. Every scroll, that's why they have the scroll feature. Everything that you look at, how many minutes you stop and look at it. If you comment that you're happy, if you like that you're happy, your reaction is sad, if you're happy, you care, you love, like all of that stuff, everybody that you communicate with, it's all intertwined. So, um, you know, to your point about the documentary, I'm definitely going to take a look at it, but it's our lives are already being recorded. Like, they can already clone us by our reactions and our being on social media. But that's why I was saying we got to learn to disconnect from that because it's like, um, you know, I put up yesterday that I was an analog girl, and I so am. I wish I could really just completely disconnect, but I can't, you know, because of business and um, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, we got to be mindful of how much energy we give to a one-dimensional platform when we are not living in a, in one dimension. We're allowing ourselves to be pulled into that to make that real life, and it's not. Right, right. So. That's such an interesting concept that you brought up, the idea that they 
chip this without the chip. Like, yeah, it's no chip. To, you don't, you don't they don't need a chip. They don't need a chip. Everywhere that we go. made you want it so bad. And like every time something new comes out, like I was looking at the uh, the craze about TikTok and how like uh, they had researchers who found out that it was run by country by uh, what was it, China or something? But it's, it's no new research that needs to Russia, be done. Russia, I'm sorry, right. right. Yeah, but you can so Google that and find it out. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're gathering information on it, but people still, you know, like, yeah, have you seen TikTok? Have you been on the thing and seen it? No, I'm good. But I'm that's right. because people, that's because we're like sheep. We run to the, the whole herd will run. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you dangle something, the whole herd will run, and that's what I'm saying. Like, And that's why disconnecting is so important, because if you know what it is that, if you know, first of all, you have to know when you should disconnect. It's something you, your spirit will tell you, your intuition, but you got to listen, and you can't listen if everything is in your ears and at, at your fingertips and in your eyes. You, don't, you never figure out that you need to disconnect, and so you're you're operating in chaos and a lot of times it's other people's chaos it's not even of you right right so yeah and i'm just thinking about how difficult it is to deal with that and how much more difficult it has to be for kids for young people just because they're bombarded with these images without the wherewithal to separate the fact from the fiction the reality from the fantasy right so uh what kind of uh, talks do you have with your son about, and uh, I'm going to ask each of you about that, or do you have conversations with him about like that, about separating the, like, like, <laughs> like look at Jay, like, <laughs> I might not ask Jay, but I'm definitely going to ask you a call. Uh, so let me start with you. Do you have conversations with him about that, about the stuff that he sees out there and, you know, how, what he should do with it? So I take a different approach. I, you know, I talk to my son as if, so social media doesn't exist. So first, he, first a child or anybody has to know their power. When you know that first, nothing can take you away from that. Hmm. So I'm not going to start from a one-dimensional platform to tell my son about his power. So I talk to him about his power first and just knowledge itself and knowing himself and how to move. It's just like when we send our children out, out into society you don't teach them, you don't go on the street and find out what they're doing, that's not what you're supposed to do anyway, and find out what they're doing and then teach your child how to, your young man how to be a young man or your daughter how to be a lady. You, that's, you know, it's at the core, it starts with you at home or whatever, mm-hmm. we hear that all the time, but, so, of course he knows, you know, there are pedophiles out there, there's all this and all that, but if he knows how to move before he even gets on the platform, then that's where the protection comes because he has to be wise first. But if you throw a child on social media or you put a phone in their hand without explaining to them, like getting, let, uh, you know, getting them, they get to know themselves first and they know their power and they know, you know, right from wrong and they know how to use, they know how to use deductive reasoning and they know about, you know, how to be wise, then they're a little more apt not to, you know, dive into the latest and greatest. Of course, children are going to, you know, they're going to go wayward at some point, you know, left or right. But that will always bring them back. But if they, if they don't know, if they don't know themselves and they don't know about that, then they'll, they'll go so, they'll be so far next thing, you know, they meeting somebody at the mall and thinking they meeting a girl and they meeting a grown man in the van. I mean, it sounds weird, but it happens all the yeah, time. No, it sounds like stuff that goes on in the world. So then that's so true. That's so true. So yeah, um, Carl. I know you have uh, three daughters, right? Correct. My goodness, man. I'm pre- Look, I'm actually. 
well, I would say I used to feel like I was afraid to have daughters just mm. because of how the world is. And I, now I, you, mm. I, I have more of a mentality of, uh, and I was listening to a song. It's, it's funny where you get inspiration from. I was listening to a song and Jada Kiss said, if I ever had a child, I have to make sure he's the smartest. And that's you just have to make sure, like uh, Patrice said, make sure you're instilling them balance and understanding of self so that when you send them out there in this crazy world, they can maneuver deal with themselves yeah handle themselves to yeah. a certain extent and of course they know when to come to you but so with three daughters as a father as from from a man stand, yeah. standpoint like what kind of conversations do you have with your kids about not just social media but like just the world at large um i talk my children's head off uh we talk about everything i would consider our relationship exceptional um I think that they can come to me with anything. I think that their experiences have led them to recognize uh, both my wife and I as advisors, as guides. Um, you know, they, they're a little older now. Um, How old are your girls, Carl? So Imani will be 18 in March. Uh, Aisha just turned 16 on Friday, and Aya is 11. Mm-hmm. Um, grown ups, well, not yet. I mean, yeah, like you know, grown up thought processes, right, and right. you know, uh, Imani's doing dual enrollment. You know, she's, she's taking college courses and taking AP courses, and Aisha's taking AP courses. Like it's, it's a very adult feel, um, but they still children, right, so. Right. Uh, we still have those conversations, and, and I hope that we'll continue to have them forever. Um, but primarily, it's about understanding, as as you said, Patrice, mm -hmm. uh, who you are um, before you enter into any, you know, third party agreement. Right? The mm -hmm. first party is is in the house, right? right? <laughs> like the first party is with us, and so who you are doesn't change, regardless of of where you go, right? But it does. And as a parent that's not, I'm not 50, right? No offense to the 50 year olds. Uh, but like, you know, if I was 60, let's say, right, then maybe 15 was long enough ago that I can't quite remember what it was like to have a friend about to do something dumb, which I know is dumb, but I don't want to leave, right? I don't want to not do it. Like, right. if I can relate back to that moment, then I can give them something extra that I didn't have hmm. um, or something that I did have for whatever reason. Right. Um, and so, you know, for, for me, my parents uh, acted as advisors after a certain age. Like they recognized that a power struggle was not going to be appropriate hmm. and was not going to lead to the desired result. Uh, so you have to rest on what you've given and then allow them to kind of maneuver and you keep them in bounds, you know, like, mm -hmm. but you let them, let them ride the bike, right? Don't let them get in the street, but they can use the whole sidewalk, all of it, right. the grass, the tree box, everything, as long as they don't fall. And when they fall, you help them get back on the bike, mm -hmm. you know, like that's what you're doing. And eventually they done took that bike around the corner and traded it in for a car. And, you know, you, <laughs> you ain't got no control over that then, yeah, you know, like, yeah. and, and so, once they get to that point, you have to be able to release them with confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the, ultimately the, the design of school 
you get the diploma, they are releasing you with confidence into the world. You get a degree, they're releasing you with confidence into the world that the things that they gave you will be present no matter what. That no one will be able to tell you that one plus one is not two unless they show you why. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, that connection that you have, you know, and, and that you're able that you were able to build with your daughter, that's so important. Just having that open line of communication with young people. I know some young people who don't really talk to their parents, who don't have those conversations. Right. And in the absence of that, their brains make up whatever. So that's how yeah, they I fill think in the that's blanks. A lot of, exactly. Yeah. That's a lot of the issue with. Uh, every miscommunication from racism to sexism to it's yeah. to married people who live in the same house but don't talk about things and start to think yeah. she'll never understand this there's yeah. no way so i have to be deceitful and stuff because she won't instead of just giving her the opportunity and talking to her and trying it yeah. out and saying she might be going through the same thing you never know but yeah that lack of communication leads to the dysfunction and like you said they fill in the bank blanks so uh that's so important yeah, and then so, once your kid fill in the blank, they come and try to teach my kid exactly, what to do. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, a kid is a baby goat, but a baby goat follows a herd, right? So right. until they grown ups, they really are kids. Exactly. Right. Until exactly. they can make their own decisions. It's some grown ups that are kids. And, and so, <laughs> but that's the whole thing. We raising adults. Right. We're not raising children. Exactly. They're gonna be adults way longer than their children. I don't, you know. I, I, can I ask a question? Yes. And this is to all you guys. Well. To y'all except Jay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to see is he, are you? he might answer this one. Yeah, so, yeah, so, we'll see. so there, and I say this all the time. If, so I have a son, my son will be 15 in December. Mm-hmm. And I started treating him like a, he always told me I treated him like a grown man when he was little. Like when I found out he had allergies, I took his shirt off and I rolled him down a hill and I was like, you know, forget that coughing and sneezing. Like, you you going to cough and sneeze and still have to go to work when you get older. And he never forgot that he was, like, four or five. So. That's a little I, harsh, but go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, it's, it's okay, though. <laughs> no, but, yeah. but it's the reason. I, I know it's the lives have worked out. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one of the reasons <laughs> why he is the way he is today. Like, yeah. when we, um, when it was 14 degrees and people were like, oh, my God, you let him ride the bike, his bike to school and it's so cold outside. Meanwhile, they're keeping their kids home because the classroom is cold. And I'm like, no, we ain't doing that. But I, but so to my to get into my question, especially with young men, we have to start. I want you guys to speak to the mothers that baby their sons, all right? Because nobody calls them out on this. The relation, some of the relationships are questionable. The way that mo- some mothers um, raise their sons and they're a little bit too close, and you know they end up you know babying them so much that they don't have that amount of masculine energy that they need to go forth in society. You, you can't start to tell a young man he's about to be a man at 17. You gotta start when he's eight, nine, seven, start treating him, look, by the time you get 13, you're already walking into manhood. I tell my son all the time, you got yeah. two more years left, son. That's it, you got two more years. And then, you know. On paper. On paper, yeah. Mm-hmm. On paper, you have two more years. You're technically, you're six feet tall. You're done. You're a, you're a man. You're done. Like, yeah. And you have, right. That's how society's so going to see you. So exactly. You and society, yeah. and so when I hear a mother say, oh, that's my baby. No, stop telling him that. 
That's not your baby. That is a man. He is a young man. Yeah. So my, I tell my son all the time, you are a man. You're already a man, right? So I, I'm, I want to know if you guys can speak to the women who, you know, and they'll get offended. That's okay. Who baby their sons. So you basically want us to get in trouble is what you're trying yeah, to Yeah, get in trouble a little bit. Like, I, <laughs> she said, I we got to hold each yes, other so. accountable and we don't <laughs> but, uh, do that. And dancing around words is not the way to true. hold each other accountable. So, yeah, yeah. you know. Can any can any of so, y'all? I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm the only one without kids here, but I'm uh, just uh, there's a few simple concepts there that I think people tend to overlook in that whole equation of I, I I don't know if babying is the right word, but that overprotective nature of the mother, the breakdown of the of the family structure has lent itself a lot to that. Uh, just because there are things that boys can only get from men, you, right? You know, to mm -hmm. to understand what it is to be a man is as as close as women can get, and not to take anything away from single mothers because they do a lot, uh, and and they do a lot of of good work in this society when they when it's working correctly. But there's always things that you wind up seeing some. Typically, you wind up seeing some holes in their in their. Uh, production and their growth um also what you're talking about the 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 relationships and the, and the the closeness and things like that when sometimes when these relationships between the mother and the father dissolve they look at that child as another you know a representation mm -hmm. of that so right. but that's a whole nother thing but as for just uh on the question of of babying the children i don't i mean that but i don't I think, think like, it's another thing though i think it all goes together it all, it's not I another mean, thing well it's a, it's a psychological issue that the mother's right. dealing with though that puts her in a position too. to and there's a certain level that it goes to 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 babying them and coddling them and then there's a whole nother level that it goes to where the closeness gets weird and mm -hmm. kind of iffy or questionable mm -hmm. but uh, and that's why i say it's another thing just because that's a whole kind of worms there but yeah i just think it boils down to uh needing that male influence and that's tough to address just because depending on the situation it might not be available and things of that nature and you don't want to come down too hard on the woman because you know she's doing the best she can but you also want to call them out and make sure it's understood that you got to do a little better you know so how do you uh, it's tough to balance that and so that's what i believe it that's as much as i have for it mm -hmm. me being the only one without any kids <laughs> so let's turn to these dads here and see what they got you to have say. sons Carl? i have no sons no okay you have daughters no i have okay. some son-in-laws eventually though okay um i think if if y'all raise some sons that can be son-in-laws but you guys son. can speak as being men though oh no really? yeah um as as a father uh, when I look at my father, um, mm. the way that he parented uh, allowed for me to walk in his footsteps, uh, to make errors that were safe enough for me to make and for him to correct errors that were not, right? Mm -hmm. Like my mom would never have been able to do that. My mom could have told me, right? Like like uh to whatever degree that she could have uh and with my particular mother i i would have been in a world of trouble mm -hmm. because she wasn't 
she was not she would not have been able to give me that aspect of life in any way shape or form just because how she was raised and her experiences uh they had a combination of things that allow me to be a very interesting individual um and so you know i think for every mom she has to make a determination on what their child needs not just boys not just girls and not just as a whole boys and girls but every individual child has mm -hmm. these specific needs it's like colostrum right mm -hmm. like it's like this is your formula specifically designed hold, for whatever. hold up nigga it was like what <laughs> colostrum colostrum <laughs> Is the uh, so, so you got to bring it down. <laughs> it is the uh, breast milk that comes the first few days before the actual breast milk arrives. That's uh, the oh, really good stuff that okay helps a baby, a newborn, kind of get acclimated to living outside of its mother. Okay, yeah, I just that shit just went over. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hold up, I couldn't because I couldn't follow the rest of the conversation. Right. Hold up, no, I was no, like no, stuck no, on that. Yeah. Thank you, Carl. No problem, brother. It's like it's like the stage one of what you need mm. right like but it's everything that you need mm. and in its totality and so um once you identify where your child might have gaps or might have needs then you have to find ways to address it and that's in or outside of the house like if my dad couldn't address something my dad sucked at throwing a football we went to my uncle who was good at throwing a football mm -hmm. right like I'm not just going just because you're my dad. If you suck at it, then we should probably get an additional resource. Right, right. Right. The same token uh, uh, stands with a, a single mom or, or even a single dad. Like, don't struggle through her hair doing, right, which I've done, <laughs> and have her looking foolish if you could use an additional resource to, to get it done and to give them what they need. And so I think, you know, you baby a child. Maybe a child needs babying, right? Like I know some kids have been babied and they blossomed into something amazing because of that, because of who they were, right? Mm. And then I know some kids that have been babied and blossomed into nothingness uh, because of who they were, right? Because right. of what they needed. Um, I think you have to get to really know this combination of your, you know, baby daddy or baby mother or wife or girl or whomever. Uh, you know this DNA pool between the two of you. You have to really get to know where it lies, and who needs what. Right. So, but y'all do got to be a little sterner on them boys, though. Yeah, I'm. I was Gary. Say, I hear what you're saying, but I'm a little different. I've some of the stuff I can't what even up? say on here. But my son, my son, no, he said something email. this morning. We talked. He was talking about something. He said, oh, he heard some one of his friends, the way they talked to their uh, guy, the way he talked to his mom. And he was mm. like, my mother would break me in two. And, <laughs> he, and the crazy thing is I've never put my hands on my son. Well, I've jacked him up before, but I've never beat my son. But it's that sternness. Yeah. That I think it's that sternness and that level of guidance that children look for, whether they're a boy mm -hmm. or a girl. You have to, that has to be in the household. That has mm -hmm. to be part of your parenting there must be margins there mm -hmm. there yeah. must mm -hmm. be you, you can't write all off onto the table and right, it can't right. it can't be oh well i know mm -mm, yeah. you can't yeah. operate that like line that. is red at the yeah. end of the margin it has like, to be it's a reason yeah. yeah 
Because when they get out here, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a a, a gray no, no area. Breaks. There's no, no breaks. There's no gray exactly. area. Yeah. Exactly. And no breaks. Yeah. So showing them that instead of like uh, like you said, Carl, that comes a lot of that stuff comes from in the household. So showing them that stuff in the beginning prepares them for what they're going to run into out in the street. Or it should you should be preparing them for what it's going to going to be like. And if you do. Even if you see that they're the type of person that needs a little more help, a little extra love and stuff, you want to make sure they understand, look, I'm doing this, but it's not going to keep happening because this is not how it is out there. You know, I know you need it, but you're going to have to toughen up. You're going to have to make yourself, you know, we'll work on it. We'll work on you being more, having more tools in your toolbox to be able to deal with these things without folding. Because right. that's what the important thing is. Jay, I really want would like to hear your opinion on it. I don't know. <laughs> well, on, uh, what's what's the question? Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's move on. But uh, no, <laughs> I was just talking about <laughs> talking about uh, young people. Uh, Patrice, you you want me to ask the question? Yeah. yeah, I really don't know the question. Okay, so what have you been doing? Here's, here's what here's what the question is. Um, can you speak as both a man, a leader, and a father um, to the women who either don't have or lack guidance from a man in their parenting um, experience um, or feel like they don't need the guidance of a father in their parenting experience um, and or coddle their young men? Do you have what if what not even maybe advice, but what piece of wisdom in your you know what you do as a man and as a father would would you give to them and be like you know? You talking about like speaking specifically to women? I'm talking about mothering. I'm a mother. That's a, but you don't have to just speak to women. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to critique women because what they got to deal with. Right. And so, I mean, I don't really have anything to say to women in regards to to raising their children themselves because it's, it's tough man but you know just I guess scientifically speaking you know a, a male needs a male for certain types of understandings and you know when you maneuvering through life to understand certain situations as a boy you you just can't get it from your mother like whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, it's not, you know, it's situation based, but it's just the perspective of a young boy, because we've been young boys. Mm -hmm. And so we've had the same vision and perspective of whatever scenario, what, you know, I heard an elder say at one point, I've been where you are, you've never been where I'm at. Right. You know, so it's like, and that, that was just facts. Yeah. And, and so in, in, with women raising young men it, you know this this is tough to say but it's always going to be off because there's no man there and so what has to be addressed is the society and the structure that normalize these broken households like you know men like fuck women and women are like well fuck men and expecting to raise functioning children in this type of environment and society mm -hmm. so i don't even really think the the emphasis or the the energy should it's be women. pushed towards like oh 
uh, women or men. It's like, yo, th- the way this society is structured is fucking up the way we parent, and it's fucking up the way our children are becoming. It's fucking up how we are, and it's like that. Sh- there's a there's a solution to our problem, and we have to recognize specifically what it is. So. Women are just being women. Mm-hmm. You know, women are sometimes going to coddle their children because they're nurturers by design, and they mm-hmm. love their babies that come out of their bodies after 10 months is the most precious. So it's like, so. Mm-hmm. It, but it take a man to be there like, stop babying this motherfucker. Come mm-hmm. on. If you need that energy, it, might, it may seem like a confrontation, but it, it's just balance. Mm-hmm. It's like she's going to be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the father's going to be like, fuck, no, come me. Hang him upside down and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's what we need. It's not, mm-hmm. so it's not, I don't really fault women. I fault society and our normalization of this fucked up infrastructure of family that balance. we have. And then we expect in these great balanced results from our children mm-hmm. and our communities. And you know what I'm saying? So I think, if anything, like Dave always says, to be on this show and talk about these things, to be solution-based, mm-hmm. is yeah. that I think we need to focus on what elements of society cause this dysfunction, mm-hmm. as opposed to be like, well, women need to do this, or men need to do It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's, that's facts, that's true, but there's a reason why right. women are doing this and men are doing this, mm-hmm. and that's where the energy and focus needs to be. Yeah, and I think that... that uh, mm-hmm. Specific finger pointing can be counterproductive as opposed to let's get together and make it better because uh, there's a way, you know, to approach any situation. And I think that breeds confrontation when it's like, oh, women, you got to stop doing it as opposed to saying, hey, let's talk about some better ways. There's even a way to say those specific things, but in a different in a different light. And sometimes it takes that harshness, though. And so I definitely understand, uh, Patrice, where you're coming from, because I know you probably see it so much and mm-hmm. it gets frustrating well not not that i think you know i talk about this all the time i think we need to hold each other accountable yeah you know, that to accountability jay's point. is important yeah so to jay's point that we do need those things but and it starts with us holding each other accountable not finger pointing but saying hey you know it looks it seems like you need this i know about this brother that does this yeah, so i know about yeah. this program that can help you do this not saying oh i know you're going through a lot and you're gonna beat the shit out of your child and that's okay <laughs> but saying hey sis let me you know i've been out before and i have girl and i'll vibe with nobody that does and one of my girlfriends was actually um out and she saw a child being beat by the mother and the mm. father you know which they were both going in on the child and she stepped in mm. and, you know like hey is this something that i can help with you know, you guys seem to be a little stressed like, yeah, out. Yeah, hold them down. Well, no. But not, you know, it was intense. But it, you know, at the end of the day, they, you know, they thanked her, and it, it, you know, it was a different type of situation. But we have to start really stepping in. But I was listening to what Jay was saying, and I had a, a thought. So you talk about solutions, and we want to be solution based. So I wonder if there is, or do you guys know of any program maybe that we can share that? So I'm thinking, I'm like picturing a room of single mothers who don't have that male influence in the household or in the lives of their children and they seek that are there any programs that are literally like a group of fathers that assist single moms with you know that would be interesting i don't know if that exists i know carl uh, might know about some shit yeah i was gonna say i know carl does things (laughs) this and that's a great segue into his interview but yeah if you have an answer to that specifically first um i think 
100 Fathers Inc. Um, oh, okay. Frank so, Malone. Yeah. yeah, I figured he would know. Yeah, I think that they, <laughs> they have made some attempts to do those types of things. It's just about the network of, of moms that you can get mm-hmm. that actually do have that, that time, right? Like, I mean, to be real, if you're a single mom with a son, right, like you about to get him in Pop Warner football, um, because you're guaranteed to have a male around them then, and you're gonna hope that there's a male at the school that's going really engage with them in a in a way. But like, there's nothing that's gonna keep you from having to go to work, right? Like, right, right. like so when you're at work, you're not available to oversee, create, or curate any experience for your son per se, unless it's very, 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 very intentional. And who really has the energy for that when they're doing all the other things that you got to do to be responsible as a mom, as a parent, and as an adult? Um, you know, like, it really is tough, right? But I think organizations like uh, 100 Fathers, Inc., um, I'm a certified fatherhood trainer through them as well, uh, will allow for you to find networks of people that would be willing to help. Because um, there are some. Yeah. Uh, we used to yeah. run a, a program mentoring the children of prisoners. And, like, that, if, if, if the father is in jail, there are a bunch of programs like that. Um, if the father is deceased, potentially, is a few programs for that. But, like, just my dad's not here. Mm. Uh, as a society, we're not, we're not worrying about that kid or about their experience or about what we can do to level that playing field at right. all. Right. Um, and ultimately, it's at the individual level. You know, mm-hmm. a cat like Jason, you yeah. know what I'm saying, yeah. that hey, hey. has 25, 30 kids that he's, yeah. he's helped navigate from this space where nobody cares about me to understanding that there's a male role model that actually will provide me with an opportunity to grow and move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Show me the ropes, if you oh, will. You know what, Carl? Because, you know, you you do a lot of we do a lot of very similar work and so it's like now i'm at the age now like well a lot of the youngins at least you know 20 to like about 25 like in that yeah. age group, like they turn to like 30 now yeah and like 31 and 29 it's like yeah, and, but the, the point being is that i'm confident in who they are as men yeah. like out here yeah. in the streets yeah because like send them out because confident. of yeah. our you know and we share, yeah. you know, that we have lifetimes together. Like, I've known them since they've been like very small children. Now that they're yeah, adults, yeah. it's like yeah. I feel good about like you know them still being like street dudes, but them having like a moral compass, and you know they yeah. understand values, yeah. and like you were saying, like they know the power they possess because mm-hmm. we've had real ass talks mm-hmm. during their development, and I've been there with them through it. So it like, sounds yeah. like you're birthing Jason's sons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they actually yeah, have yeah. the capacity to mentor hundreds, exactly. right? Like you got exactly. 25, 30 youngins right. that you've graduated with confidence. You can now touch hundreds. And in 10 years, yeah. that'll be hundreds hey, of Kyle, thousands. Well, didn't, yeah. didn't we play basketball we at did. your complex? Now, do you remember uh, we was playing with the youngins, right? Yeah. Because John brought his youngins, yeah. I brought my youngins, yeah. right? Yeah. And you remember... I like jumped up and I elbowed one of my youngins and yeah. his nose started bleeding. I definitely remember you abused that young you know Yeah. So we were just playing <laughs> yesterday, right? And uh, he works for the fire department now. 
And so we, we had the basketball court outside, right? And so this is the same youngin. Because you remember, it was a lesson in that yeah. that day. No, it was, because he was going too hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like, trying I ain't like mean to, like, fuck him up like that. Yeah. But it's like, nigga, you better chill the fuck. Like, I'm a grown-ass man. You better right. stop playing. But anyway. And he was old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hindsight. Like. Yeah. So we played yesterday, right? And it's like, but it was funny because I relied on him yesterday. Yeah. And it's like, the, mm. the reason I waited for him is because we was playing, right? And I had, like, a bum-ass team. And I wasn't really worried about like winning or losing, right. but just, just like I know right. I can rely on his character as a man. Yeah. Like when you playing or you going to war. Yeah. Like, so it ain't really about I didn't mind winning or losing, right. but I knew because I had been training with him basically all right. his life. Exactly. I knew what type of moral character he had in competition. I know he right. wouldn't quit. I know he would go hard. So it's like I was like, damn, man. It's like that. That was the why. As to like why you start working with a kid. But you said it right there, <laughs> training. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it yeah. ain't just home training, right? Like if we want men that stand up and be men, right. they got to be trained to do so. Yeah. That's why when you go to the like military, soldiers. they not just like, oh, you strong. Mm-hmm. You can, here go your gun. Yeah, do your right, thing. Right, right. Like, yeah. Take this grenade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go. Like that would be ridiculous, right? right? So like instead, you go through this rigorous ass jump that weeds out the weaklings. And then, you know, you send home whoever you send home, you kill whoever you kill, whatever. Right. You know, and then you got this group that not only is strong, but each of them is identically strong. Right. Mm. Right. Like each of them has the same skill set. So now you can go because this is all the skill set you need. You can go and destroy right. anything else. Right. Win if that's war. what you're looking to do. Right. Yeah. But by the, the same war. token, if, if you're training, then you're training. Mm-hmm. Right, so the war that they going to is not necessarily for lives, but it could just be for their own. Right, right. Or wow. their friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Somebody has a question and it's specific, so. Okay. Ask, oh, ask real quick before you do that, let oh, me do this sorry. real quick. Uh, okay. Shout out to Melissa Foster. She said, "Divine Nine Fraternities, uh, 100 Black Fathers Inc., 100 Black Men of America all have mentorship programs." Uh, that they offer. So shout out to Melissa Foster. Go ahead. I just wanted to get that because I was waiting for a minute. And I want to respond to that in a second. Okay. So um, Renee says, what can, I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on. What can be done for a young man who has grown up in a home without, uh, without a father, without a dad in the home who is now 21 years old that doesn't appear to have goals or life plans and living at home and has no job? That's and not in school. That's, that's all, Renee. <laughs> she added some stuff to it. <laughs> I'm sure. And by the way, so, no, games so on he grew up with no dad in the home, yeah. no life goals, living at home, no job. That's a lot. That that's tough, just because like like um, everyone's been saying a lot of that um, understanding yourself and things comes from those formidable years when you learn that. And so mm-hmm. when you get to the age of 21. Whether you do or not, you have a certain belief. Like, I feel like I was maybe 25 or 6 before I realized I don't know anything, you know. Mm -hmm. Before I got out of that, I know everything and I've got this all figured out that, you know, is so detrimental to a lot of people, especially people without uh, guidance. But uh, do you guys have anything for that? Go ahead, Carl. Um, Well, the first thing I think is you got to find a man um, who's willing to dive in, uh, to be at that stage of life where you're now saying, I'm, I'm interested in 
kind of fostering a, an opportunity for my child to grow that wasn't there before, mm-hmm. right? Um, like when they're, if, if, like he's 21, if he was 11, then, you know, uh, I tell him, I'm a digging his shit. And he doesn't want his shit dug in, right? So so that's enough, right? So now he starts to find the margin on his own because he don't want his shit dug in. Like, that's the one thing he don't want, right? Mm -hmm. At 21, though, if I tell him I'm a digging his shit, he wants to see if the shit can take it. Right, right. He wants to fight you. He he wants you to dig in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is what you say you want to do, then dig in because actually that's the only piece of manhood that you get automatic. Yeah, exactly. Like, that exactly. comes no matter what because you have the confidence in your physical attributes. Right. Like right. as a man, like that like women have no confidence in their physical attributes. Like that's the that's the true difference that society creates, right? Like society makes women self-conscious about who they are no matter who, who they, they are, are. Right. <laughs> right? Like like skinny right. girls are too skinny, fat girls are too fat, mm, shapely girls are too mm. shapely. Like everybody is too something if you're a female, right? And on top of that, you can't go outside at night, <laughs> like, <laughs> which is a whole different conversation. Lame, um, but having people not able to be who they are is akin to slavery, right? So now we got kids that grow up not as who they should be. Right, right. Not even knowing. Solely because we live in a society that promotes this fake ass bravado mm-hmm. about what you should be as a man, but nothing else. Right, like, right. like, okay, yeah, a man does is going to defend his home. A man does stand up for what's right. A man also takes care of his children. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and- off break, point one, point A, before anything else, before you got to be a man. You was someone being taken care of, right? And if you weren't, then that taught you something too. Mm-hmm. And so our job is to create a space where that doesn't happen, where, where our children don't get that. Now, your child already has that situation, so he has to have a man really dig in. Like, I mean, you know, like you got to take a notebook, right? This is what I tell my clients. You take a notebook, you write down your issues, the problems that you want to address, and then on the other side of that page, you write down every resource that you have that is remotely associated with that. Mm. Anything that could possibly help 1%. Because if, I, if I'm working with a 50% deficit and I get to 1%, now I'm working with a 49% deficit, which means that now I'm at 51% positive. Mm. Right? So if I just keep getting 1% here, 1% there, eventually I'll be at 5%. That 5% going to become 10 But I got to keep that positive momentum going. Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the goal right now is to find all the resources that you have at your disposal. Every man that you know that's of decent character. We got to be the best man. Right? Mm-hmm. At this point, you want a man that can show him the importance of paying his bills, the importance of going to work, the importance of finding a path and creating a path, the importance of self-mastery, right? Mm-hmm. Of figuring out who you are and why you're on this place. Cause yeah. you're not just here to take up space. That ain't why your mother had you, right? Right. Like my, my dad, my, my dad sometimes had sexist sayings uh, and still does. Uh, sometimes say things that I'm like, dad, this is 2020, you can't say that. <laughs> uh, but my dad will always tell you he didn't raise no hoe. He could have had a girl for that. Mm. So when you are a boy, somebody has to tell you that there's a difference. Yeah. No matter how yeah. they word it, right? 
that there's yeah. a difference between this man and that man. That man's not a man, right? Only a man can say that, though. Yeah. If a woman says it, then she hating, right? But if a man says it, he understands what the requirements are. And that's just mm-hmm. the nature, just like if a, if, a, if a man speaks on a woman's abilities, right? As Jay, like you were saying. Like, he's actually not in a position to speak on that because she deals with things that he could never imagine. Right. I could never imagine thinking before I left out the house at night, right? Women are not safe in our society. Yeah. And we yeah. don't say anything about that. And so point A has to be a man who respects the, the place of women in our society, which is safe, right? Women, women should enjoy a safe space. They should yeah. be able to move the way that they want to move, wear what they want to wear, go where they want to go. And we don't live in that place. So how can we begin to save grown people and we can't keep children safe? All right. So we got to get him some help. Like, we got to get him a... ASAP. Jason's sons. I only got 4% left, so I'm going to um, turn this up soon. And after you say something, I'm probably going to die, but I'm just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> in regards to the youngin' that's, that's 21. I'm 21 living at home. Well, I child. guess, you know, I got more like like a street approach to it. But, very, I mean, it's basically the same thing Carl saying. It's like you... You know, from my perspective, you just gotta find what 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 he has to find, what his interests are, right, right, and then be around somebody that's not a dummy. So the problem is, it's yep. a whole bunch of dummies. But you, if you want to fucking smoke weed, go find this a smart ass nigga to tell you about weed and cult- cultivation and straight. You know what I'm saying? And, and how it's yeah. being on the stock market and shit now. Like you know, if you into you know guns and shit. Find brothers that's into guns, but not street niggas, but like legally you know, it's a black, like Wilson's gun armory people. Like it's a black owned, you know what I'm saying? So it's like keeping it, mm-hmm. so it's like whatever bullshit they on, they on motherfucking uh, PlayStation or the games. Like find mm-hmm. the, them gaming niggas that know shit about that and that it could get you a job. Time, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's really about being around people, you know, and not really knocking uh, um, our quote unquote lack of ability to, to find. Uh, uh, employment or a place in society. So I empathize with a with, with, with a black man who who's still at home with his mom and hasn't really found a way for himself because it's that's it's designed for him to be that way. Like yeah, nigga, mm-hmm. you absolutely right. You, you where they got your ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, but there are people who have who have bent the matrix. So it's like whatever it is, because he got to like something because that's something's keeping him from uh, attempting or finding his way. So it's like, I, you know, very similar to Carl. Like I will f- No, I'm not even saying the mother needs to do shit. Mm-hmm. What that nigga needs to do is he needs to <laughs> figure out what he likes and what his passions are and write that shit like down on one side of the paper and then find shit that's about that shit, whatever it is he's like, and then investigate that shit himself. You're absolutely right. Uh, I had not factored in the fact that this a grown ass man. For yeah. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he should be doing Legally that for grown. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. actually, they could just go to my website and fill out a referral form. Yeah. And, but there it is, right uh, there. Helptraining.org. Helptraining. Helptraining.org. Yeah, and, and, and since you mentioned that, let's get into this a little bit, man. Uh, you, like I said, you've been doing a lot uh, for the city and for uh, this area. For a long time, um, 
Now, Dave, before before we get into that, yeah, yeah. The, on this helptrainer.org thing, I'm actually giving that to her. Okay. <laughs> That's for you, Renee. Because we don't even have a, a, a program that I could support, whatever the outreach would be on this. Mm-hmm. But if she goes to that website, she fills out a referral form, myself or my partner will call her. And that's right, H-E-L-P training.org. That is correct. Okay, awesome. Great, yeah, we great. solution based on neighbors' <laughs> yeah, live always, cast, baby. Always, definitely. And, and I love that we're able to, uh, you know, uh, share this and share what you've been doing, like I said, with, with a lot of people. Now, before um, we get too in. deep into your, uh, your what you're doing right now, I mm-hmm. want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, for uh, a few years ago, you were the war five representative yeah and um and so what was it that like uh, that led you to public service that led you to to even uh attempt to be that was that your first um a seat that you held or um that was my first elected seat elected seat. that was my only elected seat uh what i found from that experience was it is way more beneficial to be involved in the conversation than to be the sayer, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, that uh, you you actually are being pulled in multiple directions uh, when you are an elected official, right? So every elected official that, that garners any level of criticism, it is because, you know, they have a broad arm and they're doing a lot of different things. Right, so they have enough to win, enough support to win, mm-hmm. right? But they have enough detractors to say they're not doing enough of this, yeah. right? Yeah. So in that respect, you're being pulled in at least two directions, every one of them, right? Um, that means that you could never fully go forward. Uh, if we could come to the table, and this is my thought on politics in general, if we could come That's to the I table, and have a conversation about what's wrong and how we fix it, it don't matter what else there is. Like, it don't right, matter what party right. you're from. Right. Like, none of that is actually relevant if, in fact, we have solutions that we could be doing but we can't get to because the system is broken. There's so much bickering back and forth. Exactly. And the infighting and stuff. And I, like, I'm so glad that you said it. Like, these are thoughts that I have on a regular basis. Like, looking at this whole political... Uh, landscape right now and how everything is so I was talking on here last week about how watching the um the town hall meetings how nobody was like this is what we need to do and here's my plan to do it everybody was like the other guy is so bad yeah how bad is it you know there's, it was that the whole there's time no there way was that no... you can have what should be done because everybody has competing views when really we should right. be talking about what makes our society strong. Right, right. Like we shouldn't we be talking about what we want because what you want is subjected to whatever you got going on at home mm-hmm. and whatever's happening in your place, your world, right? Your small microcosm of what's happening for the rest of us. Right. But it's right. not a part of what the, the, the general consensus is because there isn't one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, a few years ago, uh, you and uh, your brother, right, started. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, so. he's my brother in life. Oh, okay, <laughs> so you guys uh, started a journey, and the goal of that journey was uh, to help to help people, you know, from different walks of life, be more prepared yeah. for um, uh, for sustainable employment. Yeah. So I really like how um, your post about it kind of chronicles 
the steps that you the steps in the process from starting with an idea to the conversations you even talk about the research that you did yeah you know and, and planning and then to the point of execution uh so my question is um first of all um what made that idea like when you guys had that conversation uh what was it about that idea that made you say this is what we need to do like this is what we're going to like to even put the time in it to start the 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 research to start the the work to 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 get it all done well when i worked for the mayor um i dealt with the public directly for for like the first year and a half uh, mm -hmm. i was the community liaison um i handled you know all the issues that came from the community right uh and what i found by and large was people didn't have what they needed. Mm -hmm. um, people were not prepared for what they needed. Like, mm -hmm. even if they had it, right, they, they didn't know how to use it. Mm -hmm. Like, I got the internet, but I don't know how to sign on to, I don't know, you, I need a password with. Right, like, right. That's, that's the type of situation at best that right, you have, right? right? And more so, specifically, look, I, I got the internet and I know how to get on Facebook and I know how to get on uh, Instagram and I know how to but do this I can't use it but to I apply for a job, a job. Exactly. right like exactly. I don't know how to put this uh, this knowledge that I have to to good use right um and so a lot of people were ill prepared for the opportunities you know when we looked at where there were jobs I would say to a guy man if you go to this site you go to this work site right literally mm -hmm. go to this work site tell him I sent you and he's looking for guys, right? right he's gonna pay right. you $12 an hour to lift some bricks or whatever it is, right? Like if you down with manual labor, this is where you can go, right? But, mm -hmm. but there are other jobs on that site that if he just took a small amount of time, he could actually get a much better position right. or a better right. paying job. And so uh, when we started to research those types of opportunities, it was like, okay, well, uh, heavy equipment operator, for instance, two-day class, right? They offer it, we offer it, but they offer it at, at uh, PG Community College, right? Mm -hmm. Two days, $200, $436, right? Mm -hmm. So if you got 500 bucks in two days, you could take this class that will allow for you to make $40 an hour as a crane operator. Mm -hmm. Why would you be a laborer? You got right, two days because right. you're sitting at home. This, this, they probably gone now. Huh? Yeah, my phone's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's well, good. Yeah. But we'll, yeah, they'll see it. We'll yeah, send her the tape. So <laughs> yeah, like like that that one class, that one opportunity allows you to garner thirty to forty five dollars an hour as a crane operator, as a backhoe mm -hmm. operator, skid steer. You learn all that stuff in one two sessions. Wow. Um, and so now you can go to any construction site in America with this certification. You got OSHA one, you got OSHA two, you got this. Like you win it. Right? right. If if that's yeah. the route you want to take, you want to yeah. go, yeah. man, fast. So everything that we offer is like a short term certification. Um, and again, we're not actually offering certification programming right now because I mean, COVID. Right. Right. Um, right. So I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but there are programs that that offer short term certifications that could change your life if if you find that you don't have a, a road or a route or a path that's already been kind of illuminated for you, you can right. go down this road. And once you start down a path, there will be either reasons to get off of it or reasons to continue, right? right? But right. if you're stagnant, you'll never yeah. have reasons to do anything but sit. Right, yeah, that's, that's a great point. 
Definitely. So I wanted to go back uh, just real quick and talk about uh, during the time uh, that you were the Ward 5 representative, and I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, my research was a little. But anyway, uh, you <laughs> developed a working relationship uh, with Marion Barry's son, with uh, Marion Christopher Barry. And I didn't know him personally. I know Jay. But you knew him way before that, didn't you, Carl? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my, my bad. You know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> that's why I said correct me if I'm wrong. But um, but I know Jay knew him, and um, even throughout the time, from from the time that I knew who he was, up until his passing, and even beyond then, I um, I've only heard like great things about this dude. Even dealing with the the demons that were brought to light, you know, at the time of his passing and things like that. Um, you actually wrote an amazing post that was kind of like a letter to him. It seemed like to me um, that that's what it was. And um, I just wanted to know, um, you know, can, can you talk a little bit about his influence on you and his legacy in this area? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect that one. Uh, Chris, I know Chris since 91, man. Oh, okay. So it goes back further then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Uh, like seventh grade. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, like uh, <laughs> I remember. I remember when he was, you know, going through MB's thing when, you know, mm. when the bitch set him up. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I I remember the experience, third person. Right, like I was right, there. Right, right. Like okay. I watched it. Uh, the toll that it took on him. The person that it created. Uh, the difficulty, um, you know, he was teased, man, like bullied. Right, right. Like in a way that a six-foot-tall 12-year-old doesn't get for real. But, like, this is larger than life. Like, this is, yeah, like, everywhere. larger than anything that a 12-year-old could ever imagine could happen. Yeah, I remember they did a skit about it on In Living Color. In Living Color, Saturday Night Live. Like, I mean, like, it was everywhere, right? People, wow. Shirts. Like yeah, yeah. people, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So you see this kid that really had the world at his fingertips. He had been to Africa three times already mm. when I met him. You know what I'm saying? Like this kid had the world at his fingertips, right? And in a, in a blink of an eye, it became a scar mm. um, that he wore everywhere he went. Mm -hmm. And so you would have people that, you know, Marion Barry, yeah, woo, woo, woo. But then the exact same number of people would be like, he's a crackhead and he's, yeah. you know, he, he's a bastard. And, and like, I mean, everybody had an opinion, yeah. right? Yeah. And they all took it out on Chris. Wow. Um, and over time, he developed, you know, because the access, like you, and that situation, you have access to anything you want. Like, yeah. it ain't just... Yeah that you can go to Africa. Right, right, right. right. There's a balance. You can go anywhere you want. Another side like, of yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if I want it, it's really at my fingertips, right? Right, And right. so when I start to feel like I got to escape, uh -huh. I got to get away, I, 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 and there's no place that I could go where this isn't present. Right. All right. And realistically, I can't move and have the same name. Right, yeah. As, as MB. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Because I, I can't I can't move the way that I would like to, I gotta just wait, right? Like that we talked about that. We talked about that um a lot. Mm -hmm. Like every time 
probably that we ever talked past 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about how things would be after, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like uh, but on the road to that, uh, MB wasn't taking care of himself, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Chris didn't necessarily think MB would live forever, right? right? But yeah. I think by the time he passed, Chris definitely thought he had more time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he was thrust into this situation, thrust into this moment. He was asked on 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 Marion's deathbed if he would run My to fill the seat. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, those were heavy shoes to right. fill. That was yeah. a heavy ask. Yeah. And initially, he didn't think he could. Right. Like he really didn't think so. And. Mm. Uh, my good friend AJ Cooper and I convinced him that was best, that it was best. It was just a year left. Right. It was best to spend the year concentrating on his business, on building up his personal, you know, professional persona, his public persona, and then running for the four year seat after right. a year. Right. Right. Well, three days later, AJ Cooper died. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so salute the coop. Yeah, Amen. we had Trayon yeah. White on here. He talked about that too. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. MB died. It wasn't ten days. Jay died, right? So yeah. Jay died December third. MB died November twenty third. So ten days. Yeah. Um. And we had the conversation December first, yeah. where Chris yeah. decided he wasn't going to run, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, so when Jay died. I was running Jay's campaign for World Four. Oh, okay. Um, okay. When he died, I uh, really put. I, I mean, everything everything went to halt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it put me in a position where I was free. Mm-hmm. It put free and heartbroken. It put Chris in a position where he was doubly heartbroken. Mm-hmm. but responsible for continuing something that he felt he had to do. Right. And he didn't necessarily feel like he had to do it for MB, even though he was asked. But he definitely felt a desire to um, fulfill this kind of obvious path mm-hmm. um, and to really be present and busy right. through Jay's passing. Yeah. Um, okay. And okay. so we, he struggled. I'm we struggled. Sure. Everybody struggled through that. Yeah. And running a campaign while also dealing with uh, that that type of grief mm-hmm. um, was tough. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and I want, I mean, I in no way was trying to like blindside you with that or nothing like no, that. No, 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 you good. And bro. I wasn't, you know, fully versed on y'all, the, the level of y'all's relationship, but you know, so. Um, but yeah, yeah I appreciate you guy, taking man. the time. And, yeah, yeah, you to know, talk right. about it, you know, with us. I definitely appreciate that. And um, so, uh, you know, uh, switching gears a little bit, let's. Uh, talk Please about the uh, yeah 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 <laughs> you know so but but thank you so much for that I appreciate you uh, okay. uh, taking the time. Nah, but but hold up hold up Carl what's up yeah you know because you know just on speaking on Chris 
and speaking on Jay. And you know what I was talking about with my youngest when we was playing basketball around your neighborhood and like yeah. how I waited for my man because I knew his integrity. And you know, I feel all them had that, you know what I'm saying? Like I would wait for them niggas. Like nah, and I'm gonna wait for my man. And you know, I, the reason I stopped because I also feel that way about you. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think you are a valuable man to the world. And you know, obviously we don't even talk all of the time, but I feel connected to who you are, like your principles as a man, as a person. And, and you know, I just want you to know that that is extremely valuable um, in this society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I appreciate your efforts, uh, you, you know, your fatherhood, your, com- you know, your commitment to, to, to your people. And you know, we've always had in-depth conversations you know, all of the time we've known each other. And so I kind of know your character and I want you to understand that that shit is important and it's valuable. And like, you are a nigga I will wait on. Like, nah, I'ma wait, I'ma wait on Carl. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. and so yeah. even the lesson, when I, cause you know, it was just interesting that we had that experience at your house. Well, you know, at right. your yeah. court and you just so happened to be here and that experience happened yesterday. And now you the guest on the show today and we're talking about integrity and valuing men who gonna be riders. And then Jay comes up and Chris comes up and you here. So I just want you to know that that energy is appreciated. And as you know, we don't even ever have to talk, but I always know like, nah, oh Carl, I'ma wait on, I'm, I'm Carl coming. Like that's somebody I gotta wait on. He's not just a regular, you know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, nah I'ma wait on him because I know his spirit, I know his character of a man, and it's like, if we gonna go to war, you know, I don't mind winning or losing. I mind, like, how we fight, like, how we present ourselves, and mm-hmm. I think you one of them people, brother. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah. I, you, you about to make me cry, man, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, man. That's high praise from Jason, man. man you know, you know, he's I, one of them I was a kid when I met Jason, for real. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, like, like, less, you know, being realistic, man, I was, 18, yeah. 19, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, John was at UDC. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, John was nah, 19. Man, come yeah. on. Like, we was 18, 19. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you was a grown up. Like, you was super grown. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you're mad. Old as shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up with LeBron James here, man? How old is he? 30. <laughs> like, Can I say something? Sure. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just um, that that like that was powerful, and I just want to say like we always you know we talk about celebrities, you know, and uh, people idolize celebrities. Right now in this moment, these y'all are my celebrities. We don't we don't value each other, especially the relationship that men have, specifically black men. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are warriors, you're kings, you're protectors, you're so many things. And to hear you guys talk about each other and address your brothers as such, that was powerful for me. And it take a lot for me to cry, but that, um, that really touched me. So Aww. that was powerful. And I wish, I wish you guys didn't have to fight as much as you do to to be who you want to be and to be who you are innately so that's all 
That's a I'm beautiful done. sentiment. I uh, we appreciate that. The female energy just yeah. took a mush yeah. moment yeah. and just yeah. made it mushier. <laughs> hey, hey, Jay, proof it. Jay, proof it. No, 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 it's cool, it's cool. But, uh, but we're running like a uh, long time, and we're going to have to have you back. So I got so many questions I want to ask you. Your call you could come back. Yeah, oh, he, he decided you're coming back. But, uh, <laughs> but I do want to, um, uh, a couple of things that I do want to ask you, make sure I get in before, before we wrap up. Um, uh, first of all, uh, starting a uh, not it's nonprofit. No, oh, it's, no, uh, it's for profit. No, no. For profit, right, right, right. You okay. said it's for profit. Yeah, no, but but either, either way, starting you might not make no profit. But it's for yeah, yeah. But we plan. But to, you got right? the bang in your hand. Yeah. You got the structure for profit making. <laughs> but the, the, the idea of seeing a need, and I always say this yeah. whenever we have people on, it's the difference between uh, the type of people who see a need in their self, in their family, in their community, in their society, and, and say, oh, there's a need there. And then they keep on going about their business. And a person who stops and says, how can I feel that need? Like, there's a certain type of character that it takes uh, uh, to be that person, is to try to feel that need, to see the necessity and want to feel it. And, you know, the fact that you do that is huge. Like Jay said, it's, a, it's you know, uh, something that should be commended and needs to be commended. So. Um, I want to first of all uh, commend you for that. I don't know how much my commend commendation. It's a lot of commending. Work. Yeah, I said commend like seven <laughs> times. But anyway, but I also want to um, uh, just just uh, commend you. Talk about uh, <laughs> again. <laughs> just want to talk about like there are people out there who have that spirit but don't know like the steps to take, and that's why I say it was so cool to how you um, worded your your post about it, talking about all the steps that you took. And kind of giving a blueprint a little bit, but um, what advice would you give people who have that feeling in them? Like, oh, it's something like my area needs this, my community needs this, and I want to feel it. Like, what advice? Uh, the first thing is invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, like, whatever it is that you need in order to be successful at that thing, like you got to approach it. It's your business. Like, it is your business. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, any any notion that you have that this might go from this to that or whatever that is right a to right. b or a to c or a to z right. whatever that is you have to be able to create a structure that will take you there right. otherwise like you know like, let's say you were building ships right this mm -hmm. olden times as my children would say you building <laughs> ships you got a ship that'll get from here to richmond right mm -hmm. but you need to get to miami you either are going to have to stop in Richmond and build another ship or you're going to have to build a better ship that will get to Miami, mm -hmm. right? So once you know where your goal is, then you build something that will take you there, mm. right? You can't build mm. something and hope it makes it. Like, it ain't going to work that way. And I think it probably took continuing to try and try and try because I definitely thought I was going to take this Richmond boat all the way to Miami and it was just going to make it. Right. right yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. When I started the company, you know, hey, man, we're going to be rich next year. Woo! Because we, <laughs> <laughs> we got this hole that we've identified, right? Like, uh -huh. people need jobs, but they don't have the skills for the jobs. We're going to give them the skills. We're going to charge the government. We're going to give it to them for free. We're going to be rich, and everybody going to have a job. Right, right, right. It's right. a win-win. So them first Society 40 people, was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> the first 40, 40 people came through, man, we made $6,000 <laughs> like, between us that we had to split, right. and wow. we had staff. Right, did you we had to pay, pay staff. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about $1,200. 
for the whole program. Wow. Like everybody didn't got they they you know little certificate with my signature on it, and, and I didn't. You know, I, we done done all this. We got food. We got catering. We did, man, listen, twelve hundred bucks mm. for for six months. Mm. Mm. I was like, man, this ain't this ain't what I was thinking. Right. Uh, and we halfway <laughs> to that first year. We supposed to be rich. Right. Right. Uh, but the, that was six years ago, mm-hmm. um, and we still ain't rich. But we done helped a lot of people. Mm. And so in that respect, we like rich in spirit. Oh, yeah, and that, yeah, you're wealthy, yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, like uh, one thing I definitely wanted to touch on, um, we have an affinity for money. Mm-hmm. But we also have principles, right? So when we talk about not selling ourselves short or you mentioned something about what you teach your son about valuing things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like... We have these values that we set up, and they are often in conflict with our lives, right? Like with mm. what we have to do, mm. because they've created a structure that disregards our values. Mm. Mm. And so, in everything that we do for ourselves, our value system has to be at the forefront in order for it to be successful, because it's for us, it's not for them. So, if you build something based on their values, it will fail because. They value things that don't matter. Money doesn't matter. It's, right. it's inconsequential. It's a piece of paper with white men's faces on it, right? <laughs> the concept is worth, mm-hmm. not money, right? Yeah. Worth matters. So my time is worth X amount of dollars, right? Because I have to pay rent, mortgage, uh, whatever, you know, all the bills yeah. that you have to pay, yeah. right? I'm not going to rain you through my whole life, right? right? <laughs> But I gotta, I gotta pay these things, so it costs money to do those things, right? Because I can't pay with my skill set. Right. But if I could, then I wouldn't need money, right? And mm-hmm. then nobody would value money, but they would value my skill set mm-hmm. the same way they do when they pay me, All right? right? Yeah. So in actuality, everything that we do now is a simulation. Like everything in our society mm. is a simulation of what it once was, of what mm. the real thing is, right? Mm. Like the eggs is fake, the milk is fake, which is better. I like the fake milk better because <laughs> uh, there's no gas associated with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not the actual milk that my parents had, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. a different milk. But even yeah. the milk that is the milk that my parents had is a different milk. It's a different, right? yeah, so yeah, yeah. like everything is simulated, right? So like um, I remember, you know, I had an aunt that used to burn sage back in the day. Mm. I'm looking at these sage smudges, right? Mm. It was no such thing. Mm. But she burned sage. Now we got sage smudges, and I gotta watch where I buy it from. Got to come over here and buy it, right? Because, That's right, Nubian human. I gotta, I gotta come over to Nubian human, and I gotta buy real sage because there's some people that's manufacturing sage, and it ain't sage, right? Because they can sell it, because they can, because we allow it, because we allow that fake shit to take place in our communities. We allow them to sell us fake food. Right. right. We allow them to sell us fake merchandise right. that won't help us, that won't keep us safe, that won't. Fill in the blank, right? Yeah, yeah. So our goal is to create a structure that puts our values at the forefront. And if each one of us does that, if each one of us has in our heart, this is what I want, and this is my goal, and I put that, that value system at the forefront, then we never have to worry about if we buy a quality product, because this is all they do. Right. Right? Yeah. This, they done put their heart and soul into this, right? The reason that I come here 
is because I know that every product in here is made by somebody that put their heart and soul into it. It's not no Target shit. This ain't no, no, no cookie cutter, right? This is what we have to do often. Sorry, I'm reading your message. No, no, you good. I was like, what the fuck is Carl looking at? No, no, I think she's agreeing with you. But um, I'm not even your computer. Yeah, I just just want to say. Dang, that was. And he was in his own, so he was like, I was in his own. I just want to say real quick, um, we don't. we don't hate Target in any way, but uh, we'll go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. That's right, Dave. Keep, I, I do love Keep Target. us on the air. Yeah, you get that sponsorship. <laughs> I, no, I, I do love Target, with, man. I'm just messing with you, dog. But no, and I love Target's story because Target, I use Target for an example for a reason. Mm. Target started like this oh, okay. in Minnesota, right? Mm. Like Target was a mom and pop, you know, small business. They went and got products. They had the products in the store. And then before you know it, they had a couple stores. And then they branched out. They had a couple more stores. And up until about seven years ago, Target was still that same store just all over the place, right? Mm. And so they allowed the stores to pick what they were going to put in there. They had all, you know, you go on to Target, you say, oh, they selling this? <laughs> like, right, they don't right, do that yeah. no more. Yeah, yeah. Now they got their own lines and everything. Yeah, yeah now they got yeah. a real cookie cutter that they pushing forth and they opening up new stores and congratulations to them but they white they money is long yeah we coming next uh nah this joint is going places okay yeah you know they got the baltimore location and all that amen hey hey but that's how it started but yeah i wonder uh so the last question i'm gonna ask you the question i always ask all of our guests and i always enjoy like the answers i get it's always pretty introspective uh if you had an opportunity to talk to a young car if you uh, could go back in the time machine, like knowing everything, having all the wisdom that you've gained in your life to this point, if you could go back and talk to maybe a, a 13-year-old version of yourself, mm. what would that conversation be like? Leave them hoes alone, Carl. <laughs> 13-year-old, I think I did go back and tell him that. <laughs> uh, 13-year-old version of me, I would say, don't sweat the small stuff. I would say, sweat the stuff that your mother told you to sweat. Mm. Um, I would say, pay attention uh, more. All right, like I I paid attention, but I would say pay attention more Mm. um, because there were things happening that I should have taken advantage of. Um, Don't be as trusting, but never change who you are. Uh, and I would tell them, uh, I would tell them, don't take out a credit card. Mm. Uh, like when they came to campus, I should not have said yes. Right. Um, but I would tell them, I would tell them, slow down and enjoy it because it won't last forever. Right. And one day you'll wake up and you'll be 40 and not 14. Right, right. Uh, so, like, enjoy, like, the freedoms, the, the benefit of the potential um, is the most pressing thing, I would say. The benefits of the potential that you have as a 13-year-old outweighs anything that could be going on in your life any negative thing, anything that you think is holding you back, any obstacle that you might see, uh, it doesn't actually exist at 13. Right. 
right? Like, like, cause it won't even be a memory at 15. So just take it and run as fast as you can toward everything you want and mm. nothing you know. Mm. That's what I would say. Sound advice, man. Hey, Carl, real quick. Word. Cause I know earlier you was talking about parenting and you was talking about like how, you know, seeing uh, things from the perspective of like not feeling that far removed, because you, you still can understand. And Aaron, Aaron Clark says, Carl knows exactly what it's like to dumb things at 15. <laughs> so I don't know what she knows about you at 15. Uh-oh. But she was like, yeah, he would know exactly what to tell <laughs> his daughters to be like <laughs> at 15. Well, I, I've been telling them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I am uh, thankful to have experienced life at the speed and rate that I did and still be here right um i have many many friends who are not and i'm not altogether sure that the best of us are not already gone mm -hmm. um mm. well i don't know but i'm uh, thankful <laughs> you you and jay are sitting here so I, I don't know if they're all gone but um but yeah with that being said man i cannot thank you enough for coming through and sharing wisdom man we got to have you come back through and, and talk to us again this was you. this was as insightful and 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 just as dope as I thought it was going to be, and I appreciate you a thousand percent, man. Thank you so much. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Yeah. I um uh got to get out of here. So on behalf of myself, uh, Super Dave, <laughs> on behalf of uh, Super Fruitfit, Fruitfit, and DC's Fruitfit. native son, Jason, hey. and our esteemed guest, Carl Thomas, man. Yeah, Thank you guys Carl for Thomas. checking out another episode of the Neighbors Live Cast. We'll be back next week. Uh, with uh, the singer Carl Thomas. I think he... Yeah, gonna go, he no, agreed. Now I got a secondary version. <laughs> but yeah, man, again, thank you for coming through and thank you for everything you do, brother. Y'all be uh, have a great day and a great week and we'll see y'all next Monday. Peace. Peace.